Hour number two, Light the Tower, Jeff Howe, Snoop Daniel. Yeah, so this was in uh, My Fair Berg. Uh, the kid? Yeah, the Avery Anderson. He's a 20, uh, 2021 Dripping Springs graduate. Ran for county clerk in Hayes County. Just ran as a Democrat and won. Lit. So what does he get to do? Beverly Crumley. She was the incumbent Republican, 30 years experience in the district clerk's office. She's not happy about this. Well, no, not at all. Because I think it's just people going down the ballot and checking. I, I honestly do this. I don't know if people do this. If I don't know enough about a race then I just won't vote in that race. Oh, like there's you can some... leave your ballot unchecked okay, yeah. as far as this? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I do that I do that with some. If I don't know enough about it, I just, just won't do it. I mean, obviously, like, the big ones in state, like governor, lieutenant governor, senate, yeah. whatever. I know those. My state reps, all that fun stuff. Some of the county stuff. Didn't have. I don't live in the San Marcos city limit, so I didn't have any city initiatives the county on my jail. ballot. County so yeah, that's uh, that's something, man. Well, spent no just uh, his whole campaign snoop was standing outside the uh, courthouse and talking to potential voters. That's, sometimes that's all you need. My, yeah, my my big thing that I thought got me elected was my poster. I, I put uh, Biggie and Tupac on it, and I said if they were alive today, they would vote for. Jonathan Daniel. <laughs> you weren't Snoop yet. Yeah, well, I was, but, but I, actually, I tried to ditch the nickname Snoop because, of course, Snoop Dogg, you know, because kids always called me Snoop in high school, and they, I guess it was just easy to remember. I tried to ditch it in college, but Snoop is just a, such an easy name to remember. Like, yeah. I was like, well, I guess I'm... And now, like, more and more years away, I feel a little less, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, Snoop Dogg, is, he's still, he's an icon, but I don't feel as... I'm not biting. But how did was, you? Get, how did you get the Snoopy? It was. It, it was more like a, uh, because I just like Snoopy. Okay. And yeah, and that's it. I, that's really as lame as that sounds. Man, it I uh, <laughs> I gave a guy a nickname in high school that stuck with him to the point that now in his adult life he works <laughs> at a hospital. Like he uses that instead of his Booger? Christian name. No. So <laughs> he is a guy. He moved to Florence from Oklahoma, and and like during football practice. There's like six dudes on the field named Jeremy. I'm like, I can't keep track of all these Jeremys. And he was in the offensive line room with me. And I'm like, I can't call you Jeremy. There's 95 Jeremys. I was like, you just moved. You're from Oklahoma, right? I'm like, you know, you fan. He goes, yeah. I'm like, Boomer Sooner, you're Boomer from now on. And uh, Boomer. people start calling him Boomer. And now in his professional life, everybody just knows him as Boomer. I don't think anybody knows his real name is Jeremy. So mm, that's the fun name. Yeah, sometimes things stick. Uh, Specs text line is open three three seven three seven seven six. Thank you, folks, for the feedback on the uh, Specs text line, letting me know before I looked it up about the that was a county clerk's race. Nate, is there a place to sell all those eighties nineties collectibles that you recommend? Here's the deal. I'll, I'll go into some quick card talk, and then we got to get to the Longhorn Notebook. We got Snoop's Flex Thirty segment also coming up at the bottom of the hour. Here's this deal with eighties and nineties stuff, uh, especially cards. If you probably once you get past most of the time for baseball, it's going to really be like from 81 ish on unless you're talking about big time rookies. And even then, probably anything I'd say pre 86, uh, that stuff is going to hold some value. 
post 86, it's got to be in really good condition to hold value because there was just so much of it printed. And especially in the 90s, there was so much of it printed. Like, man, if you're holding a box of like 1990 Donruss baseball, you might as well just go ahead and rip that open because it ain't going to hold a ton of value. There are warehouses with cases and cases and cases as far as the eye can see of like 90 Donruss baseball or whatever. So uh, basically you just got to look through, find key rookies, Hall of Famers, uh, inserts. I know for like 90s basketball, some of those 90s basketball inserts can fetch a pretty penny. So, you know, I just I just stick with collecting what I like. And, you know, I don't I just don't invest a ton of money because I just don't want like Snoop, you saw what happened to the crypto market recently. Yeah. I just don't want to tie up a bunch of money in alternative assets, if you will. You know what I mean? So, like, like I bought a, uh, I think the last card purchase I made, I bought a Zion Williamson rookie, just his hoops base rookie, uh, SGC graded 9.5, same as that 52 mantle. And that Luca card I brought in to show you and Craig, it's the same grade. I think I paid like 20 bucks for it. So, if it depreciates in value, about twenty bucks. I spend almost that on dinner some nights. So yeah, it's no big deal. So yeah, um, you're right. And the, the ball, like Tom Brady gave that dude a Bitcoin, and like Bitcoin is down. It was sixty seven thousand at that point, and that wasn't that long ago. It's down to sixteen. That, okay, so apparently this is a big deal with Tom Brady. Have you heard this, Snoop? Like apparently, he and Giselle, a lot of their is in crypto wealth. Yeah, was tied up in crypto. Ooh, it's been rough. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, even like oh god, like my my e trade thing because I do invest a little bit, but I it's, I've just lost money. Everything that I've invested, I've lost, but it ain't as bad as crypto. <laughs> Burn Orange Yeti, thank you for that Instagram selection. Yeah, so like my personal collection, I like guys that uh, I was fan of growing up. Like I've got like for ba- like for basketball, right? I got like a Tracy McGrady rookie. Uh, and I bought these in like the PSA nine slabs just because they're a little bit cheaper. Tracy McGrady, but it's not like the most valuable card. Like it's like what looks cool to me, right? Like I think Tracy McGrady, like his tops chrome rookie, I just think it's an ugly card. I love his Fleer rookie because he's like in the lane going up with one hand for a dunk. Uh, like Allen Iverson, I don't think his tops chrome rookie card is all that great. So what did I buy? I bought uh, his collector's choice. Rookie card where he's holding up the jersey on draft night with the hat. Yeah. Same thing with Kevin Garnett. I've got his stadium club card like that instead of the top's finest because the top's finest is really expensive. So I like that. Emmett Smith, obviously, is a big uh, deal for me. Ken Griffey Jr. I've got all the Ken Griffey Jr. rookies now. I need to get my upper deck card graded. So, yeah, Griffey. Uh, I got Griffey on my desk. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. I got some, uh, you know. I'm starting to, I'm truly trying to get into vintage baseball. Like I bought I finally got a Willie Mays card of sixty one tops. Willie Mays. I got some seventies tops. Obviously I got the sixty eight Nolan Ryan rookie. Uh oh, you're talking about real vintage. Yeah, some Pete Rose stuff. Yeah, just um I'll tell you what's cool, man. I bought a uh, it it's not gonna grade very high. I just want it in a slab to preserve it. Shout out card traders of Austin, by the way, Walt and the crew over there. Uh I bought for like three or four bucks, Snoop. 1973 Topps baseball card number one. It was a home run chase card, like showed the home run totals. And that front of the card has Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron on it. I'm like, that's a cheap card, but, man, that's the kind of vintage stuff I like. Like, where else are you going to get a card, a vintage card that has Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron on it? So I like stuff like that. So 
Enough with the card talk. Uh, Potato Head says, I think a lot of the stuff from the 70s and 80s held value skateboard stuff from the 70s is nuts. Yeah, it depends on, depends on what it is. Somebody said, yes, this is another card that I have. 1980 Tops Ricky Henderson rookie. I have one of those. Depending on what grade it's in, uh, you know, it could still fetch still fetch a pretty penny. I don't think the one I have will grade all that high, but I got a really good deal on it. So. I am the greatest now. Is anybody ever going to steal 100 bases again? No, probably not. The game has changed, Snoop. Yeah. It's just not that kind of game anymore. Damn. Actually, you know what? Let me look that up. Him and Vince Coleman, like, that was pretty exciting. And uh, I want to say, like, the only guy that I think they felt had an opportunity to approach those kind of numbers was when he was just coming into the league, Billy Hamilton. Uh, Kenny Lofton was one of those guys. Yeah, Lofton. Let's yeah. see, stolen bases. Hamilton was, God, I don't even know if he's in the league anymore, but he was so fast. They're like, we'll just teach him just, just to put the ball on the ground. He's so damn fast. Like, Yeah, 41 stolen bases, Snoop, was your was your leader this no year way. in Major League Baseball. Yeah. 41? Well, I didn't realize it John Bert, that low. John Bertie of the Marlins was your leader with 41 so steals. <laughs> no more 40-40 seasons, I guess. No. Uh, you know, Cedric Mullins stole 34. Well, for the Orioles, yeah. Randy Rosarena, 32. I didn't realize Bobby Witt had 30 steals this year. This is Oh, this is fun. Oh, my God, no way. He's not number three all time. Who? Billy Hamilton is? Shut up. Uh, he is. That like just shocked me because I was just I was talking like he flopped and he's number three all time stolen bases. He has nine hundred and fourteen. He's uh, are you serious about Billy Hamilton? Yes, dude. I'm looking at it right now. He's only trailing unless this is incorrect. Ricky Henderson is the king, right? Way yes. fourteen plus, and then Lou Brock. Billy Hamilton is right behind freaking Lou Brock. I can't believe. How is that it. possible? I, I'm looking at it now. He passed Vince Coleman. He passed Tim Raines. He passed. I know I'm getting nerdy. I know this is not where the conversation was headed, but that just blew my mind. Way more than Otis Nixon. Way more than Kenny Lofton. Billy Hamilton. I apologize. <laughs> I was just saying he was a failure. Man, look at that. Nine hundred and fourteen. I knew. It. Anyway, I once watched Willie Tavares in a Texas <laughs> League season in Round Rock steal fifty six. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, Willie Tavares, excellent base stealer. Loved me some Willie T. Um, okay, one last thing on the card talk because we're getting a lot of texts on it. Specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. What would be a good set to get as a starter pack? Uh, you know, depends on what sport you like for baseball. Your top series one, series two. Uh, update update's going to be a little more expensive this year because you've got those base rookies in it. Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt, Spencer Torkelson. Uh, Jeremy Pena, uh, some really good base rookies in update. Uh, but, yeah, tops for baseball, top series one, series two, update. That's some stuff. Uh, some of the Panini's not licensed. They got the Players Association license, but not the league license. So, like, Donruss. Donruss is a fun rip. Chronicles is out right now. Doesn't really hold the value that the top stuff does, but you can get, you know, some numbered stuff and some parallels on a hobby box. And about Probably about Chronicles. Chronicles uh, hobby probably goes for about one in the I'd say in the one twenty five ish area. I could be wrong about that. Um, so I would look for stuff like that for basketball. Basketball is so tough. You're probably looking at maybe like a product like hoops. Although you can, I think if you go to Target, I think you can get some retail prism basketball. 
uh, right now at retail price, which is kind of unheard of. Football is a different animal, too. It's better this year with the rookie class, but Donruss football is typically one uh, that you can go for. Prism is going to be really expensive. Optics going to be really expensive. But Donruss is one of those products that you can get in on for football and its license. So, so. The, the Billy Hamilton I, I'm seeing it was a white dude. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And okay, it, so not the Billy Hamilton for the Reds. Yes. Different okay. Billy Hamilton. But he did have a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I can say I'm going to stop talking about this. Whatever happened to Carl Crawford? That would be a good question for Craig because that's former Dodger Man. great Carl Crawford. I th- didn't he have He's some top- kind of – didn't he have an injury? I thought he had like a really bad injury. And I thought it was something personal like like a bad marriage or something. Like it was something personal. Houston like- native Carl Crawford, by the way. Because uh, he's top fifty all time in stolen bases, as is J- uh, Jimmy Rollins. I didn't realize he stole that many bases. So sorry. Former, about that. That's a former MVP you're talking about, in Jimmy Rollins. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> enough of the car talk. Enough of the baseball talk. We're gonna talk a little Texas basketball and football. Let's get to the notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Brought to you by Aaron Bowersock. Bowersockteam.com. That's where you need to go. She is your home loan expert. Let Aaron do for you and your family what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move. To Georgetown, help them out big time. Got lightning fast approval. You can get the same Bowersockteam.com. Aaron Bowersock is your home loan expert. Continue talking about the basketball game. Texas historic win last night over Gonzaga, 93-74. It's the fourth time in school history Texas has beaten the number two team in the AP poll. Texas technically does have a win over a number one ranked team when they went to Pauley Pavilion and beat UCLA that 07-08 season. UCLA was number one in the coaches' poll. They were number two in the AP poll. So Texas technically hasn't beaten an AP number one ranked team. They have beaten a number one ranked team. But if you're talking about the AP poll, this is not only the fourth win Texas had over a number two ranked team. This is also the largest margin of victory Texas has had against the number two ranked team. Snoop, did you know Texas handed Gonzaga their worst loss in almost a decade. The 2014 NCAA tournament against Arizona was the last time Gonzaga lost a game this bad. We talked about the the guard issues Gonzaga was having. Again, 20 turnovers, Texas 27 points off of turnovers. And again, I just like the way that off live ball turnovers, this team pushes the ball. And the fact that they got so many guys involved on offense, the fact that, yes, they shot the three well, but it's three straight games they've shot over 50% from the floor. Snoop, you again, you saw Dylan DeSue a lot in high school. I did. And I love the fact, like I talked about this after the UTEP game, like he was able to score and score in some different ways, right? Like he can score off the block. He's got good feet. Uh, he can, depending on what the matchup is, he can put the ball on the deck and maybe get by some guys. And then he can stretch the floor, and we saw that last night. He hit a couple of long twos, uh, knocked down a three at a critical point in the second half. So Dylan DeSue was big for Texas last night uh, coming through in his starting role, 12 points. Only grabbed one rebound, and Texas did have a minus four edge on the boards, but they didn't need it as well as they shot the ball. You know, fouls were a problem for the Texas forwards too, but those were competitive fouls, I thought, for the most part, because you're banging down low with Drew Timmy. Uh, DeSue finished with four fouls. Brock Cunningham finished with four fouls. Christian Bishop finished with three. And you had Marcus Carr with three also. But uh, basically, other than Timmy Allen, well, Timmy Allen had three fouls. So basically, your most productive front court players spent the night in foul trouble. Uh, the athleticism of Dylan Mitchell, man. People have yeah. been asked, texting in, talking about, asking about the environment. I've never been at a Texas basketball game where it was as loud as it got when, again, you had that sequence where 
Marcus Carr hits Dylan, finds Dylan Mitchell on the lob. He dunks it. You get the turnover, and then Rice lobs it to Mitchell, who slams it home. Wild. It, it was, was wild. It felt like the building was shaking. Everybody was on their feet. I saw, Snoop, I saw people standing for most of the game. Yes. Uh, it was, man, it was just, it, like somebody texted and said earlier, man, Texas now has a legit home court advantage in basketball. And, again, like Craig mentioned this the other day, it sounds like the plans for this season are to keep the upper deck panels closed. But who knows, man, if this season can be one to remember, maybe for big games down the road you can open up the upper deck and get some seats to fill those seats for a team like Gonzaga or some of your big conference games. I like this. Uh, I love that this texter mentioned this too. Oh, this is one of my old high, uh, middle school coaches, Coach Powell, texting this in. Texas Snoop, only 10 turnovers last night for the Longhorns, and on 34 field goals, you had 17 assists. So basically every other field goal you're getting an assist. Great ball movement. Yeah, the ball movement was good. Uh, they got. I'll tell you what, you know my favorite play Tyrese Hunter made last night? We talk about the, the threes that he hit, and he was outstanding, five for eight from deep. There was a sequence where Bolton comes down and gets a bucket. It's when Gonzaga was trying to chip away, and it seemed like – Every time they would start to get a little something going, either Texas would get a stop or they would hit a shot. It was one of those Bolton hit. Bolton get, makes a shot, and Texas pushes the ball. Tyrese Hunter's in transition, and he he looks like he's going to take a three, and Bolton comes out like he's going to defend him. Shot fake, puts it on the deck, little short corner jumper. Like That's not one that's going to be on the highlight reel, but that's just a calm, heady play. Uh, to get a bucket for Tyrese. Yeah, Hunter. they uh, they took like quality, like organic shots. I know I'm, I'm not like a sports expert. No, they but, didn't force a ton. Right. They didn't force a ton of shots last night. There were some like uh, I remember Chris Beard mentioned after the game. Jabari Rice had a drive where he got a shot blocked that he felt like if he had just jump stopped and pulled up in the lane, he would have gotten two instead of just going all the way to the hole. Uh, but man, they took good shots last night. The ball movement was crisp. I, again, the poise of Tyrese Hunter. I think just to be. I don't know, Snoop, from where I saw it, you were closer than I was last night. He looked like incredibly calm to be in that big of a game. Yeah. And what you got to remember with Tyrese Hunter, uh, this is a kid that's been through a lot in his life, man. Lost both of his parents uh, when he was younger. Pretty much raised by his by his brothers and sisters by his brother and sisters. Uh, and basketball was kind of a an outlet for him. So he looks at, hey, if you're down, if the other team makes an 8-0 run, he's been through much tougher stuff in his life. Not all that different from Sam Ellinger. I mean, Sam was the same way in terms of how you view football and life. Uh, Tyrese Hunter's got a really good story, and he's he's really good for this team. Again, just his poise, his control of the game. But the ability to push off live ball turnovers, man, again, 50-33 edge Texas has in fast break points through the first three games. They're pushing the ball. They're scoring in multiple ways in the defense last night. Again, Mark Few said after the game in the postgame, man, the ball pressure Texas has. Like, yeah, Gonzaga did have some bad passes, and some of it was on them, he said, but a lot of their turnovers had to do with just their inability to handle Texas' ball pressure. I'll say this about Gonzaga in the big picture, and you know, Drew Timmy, you can look at it, 18 points, 9 rebounds, but Chris Beard even said it last night, man, if you, if you told me going into the game Drew Timmy was going to have 18 and 9, he said, I'd take that, especially after the guy had 37 at their place last year. Uh, they don't have... And and Rasir Bolton's a good player. Uh, you know Hickman's growing into that point guard role. I think Anton Anton Watson's a really underrated player. But 
they don't have that guy. They don't have it. There's not a Chet Holmgren or a Jalen Suggs to run with Drew Timmy. They don't have that other guy that you can go to when the other team is really focused on stopping him. Maybe one of those guys emerges, but I think that, and again, the maturity of Nolan Hickman to run this thing without just being a turnover machine, that's going to tell the tale for Gonzaga. But again, I think John in the Bay sent me this. Uh, Gary Parrish at CBS released his updated top 25 and one at CBSSports.com. He's got Texas up to being the number one team in the country right now. You know, it's tough to put this in perspective, Snoop, a win like this, what it means. Uh, And I know people can think about Texas. Can they be a team that can go cut down the nets in April? Maybe. But what I, how I view this win is I look at it from a conference perspective, right? Like now I'm thinking, okay, man, could Texas go win 12 or 13 games in a Big 12 schedule? I think they can. Uh, The thing that I like about the Big 12, man, you're going to be battle-tested by the time that thing is over. I mean, we talk about the competitiveness competitiveness in the league top to bottom. You're going to get to play Kansas twice. You'll play Baylor twice. You'll play TCU twice. You'll play Oklahoma State twice. Some really good teams in the Big 12 this year. So to me, I don't look so much from the national outlook way down the road, but from a conference standpoint, not that you're going to make 13 threes every night and be as clean as they were, but, man, if you get somewhere in the neighborhood of that performance, you can beat anybody in this league. And when you're talking about teams like the defending national champion in Kansas, the team that won it all two years ago in Baylor, some really good programs. Kansas State's better under Jerome Tang. At least they look like they've got it together. I think this team, at least we, you can definitively say this right now, they look like a team that's capable of competing for a Big 12 title. And if you can win a Big 12 title, you put yourself in a position where you're a one or two seed in a tournament and you've got a really good track to go win a national championship. So well, it starts with the conference. I know it's a win in November. I get that. I know Gonzaga, you could look at them and say, yeah, they're, maybe they're not as good as they've been the last couple of years. But at the end of the day, that's still going to end up being one of the better teams in the country when all is said and done. And, again, that's as good of a win as Texas has had since Shaka's last year, that win at Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas, handing Bill Self his worst loss at home. Uh that's one of those years, the, the COVID year. Best Texas has played since then. Where do you have them now? At, uh, top whatever, five? You know. I mean, 93-74 over the number two team. It would be hard for me to put Texas over North Carolina just knowing North Carolina's roster. Uh, I would all, I would probably put Texas behind U of H, too. At this point, just because I think the U of H backcourt is more proven playing together than this Texas backcourt is. This Texas backcourt is awesome, but I just like Houston's guards, just their experience playing together uh, a little more than Texas at this point. So you can make an argument Texas is the third, fourth best team in the country right now. You can make that argument. I just, for me, I wouldn't put them ahead of North Carolina or Houston right now. They got Northern Arizona and UTRGV. Yeah, <laughs> Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona is going to be a home game played down in the Valley in Edinburgh. And the next home game is a week from Saturday against UTRGV. That's the Gregory Gym game. The Gregory Gym game this year, you know, Chris Beard said they're going to alternate it some years. Like last year, it'll be for students only. But because it's Thanksgiving week, if you're out in Gen Pop, you can get a ticket to that Gregory Gym game 
against UTRGV. That was really cool last year for them to play a game at Gregory Gym. Loved the the, the atmosphere. It got loud. Everybody was into it. Uh, I would encourage everybody, man, Thanksgiving weekend on Saturday, you're done Black Friday shopping or you want to get away from the wife or get away from the husband, take the kids and go to go to, go to to Greg and, and watch some hoops, man. That'll be a fun time next Saturday. You're going to try to make it? Oh, you'll be probably doing high school football playoff stuff. Probably, stuff. but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I Hopefully I'm doing a football game. Yeah, I'm so, going to see a lot of Texas basketball this year, man. That was I'm never going to forget what happened last night. Uh, I don't think anybody will anytime soon, and I think a lot of people now are intent on following this basketball team. As good as they were last night, this is a team that's still got room to grow. Guys are going to get better and, again, put themselves in a position. They look like a team that can go compete with the best in the Big 12. And like I said, you can, if you can compete with the best in the Big 12, you can compete with the best in the country. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Snoop's Flex 30 segment. You got some volleyball, Snoop? A little bit, a little bit. Some football? Football, for sure. A little bit of preps from in and around our Fairburg. And talk a little more Texas football when we come back on Light the Tower. On the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. B&E. My sister will remind me, all those little long-haired dudes that you had in that band. Plano.com and MLS 299-345. Light the Tower. Jeff House, Snoop Daniel, back with you. Snoop, I'm not going to lie. I'm running on fumes now. No way. No, we're having to, too much fun. I tried to juice myself up on caffeine. Yeah. I think I got to bed because I had to do some work when I got home from the it's arena. A late game. Uh, I think I finally got to bed about 3, 3.15-ish. Yeah. So. You should call me up. I'll be like, what's up, fam? <laughs> no, I get it. But that was... And, and I'm tired too. I, maybe it's because I had four drinks, but I feel like I'll go get over. You a little, get you a little drinky poo at the game. Yeah, last I was. Night. At, it was just all the dunks. It was just so exciting. Like I can't remember a Texas team going back to back. Oops. I mean, maybe it's happened in Greg Brown days. Maybe Jackson Hayes. I don't know, days. man. It's been a minute. I haven't. That was. It was different. That's all I can say. Like I, I've never. You know, I don't want to get too excited because you know, like I'm the king. Yeah, of, like, like I said, it's a too, win. Too it's a happy. win in November. <laughs> trying to balance it out, pull up, pull back, and look at the big picture, not be prisoner of the moment. But, man, if that's and uh, you know, I think it was Coach Powell, maybe somebody else texted in talking about Gonzaga's tough schedule. Yeah, they did just play Michigan State. They got to turn around Sunday and play Kentucky. Nice. Like a, yeah, yeah. a Kentucky team that just lost to Sparty. So. It, because Gonzaga doesn't really get pushed in their conference, so they got to load up on their non-conference schedule. I think they also have Baylor on their non-conference schedule. So Mark Few ain't messing around with that non-conference schedule. He's going to find out a lot about his team by the time they get to conference play. Uh, Snoop has been educated about White Billy Hamilton. Yes, the Billy Hamilton that was born <laughs> the White Billy that was born less than a year after the Civil War ended. Uh, so Holy definitely, Lord. definitely, definitely <laughs> not the current day Billy Hamilton. Oh. A sliding wow. Billy Hamilton stole nine hundred and fourteen bases. Snoop. Thank you. I I learned something today. I was like, holy heck, Billy Hamilton's way up there. And the other Billy Hamilton was born in 1990. Yes, he has 324. And uh, just for uh, sake, uh, the guys who are kind of in his arena, Mookie Wilson of the Mets, he used to love him. And who else did I know? And Willie Mays had only 10 more stolen bases. Say hey, um, kid. Elvis Andrews at 335. So good company for 
<laughs> for Black Billy Hamilton. <laughs> That's so wrong. Glad we uh, <laughs> glad we got that confusion sorted out. Uh, appreciate the uh, the card talk too. People texting and want to know about the uh, the card talk. So I appreciate that. We got some Texas football to get to before we're out of here. But right now, got to get to Flex Thirty. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Yes, join the movement. Oh, real quick, I do want to uh, say congratulations to Lake Travis. Excuse me, who? Dripping Springs, like Travis, uh, Dripping Springs and Liberty Hill Volleyball, 6A and 5A. If Salado and, oh, who was the other team? Oh, if they had handled, carried their water, we would have had Austin representation at every level of the UIL State Tournament for volleyball. But uh, but Liberty Hill, Dripping Springs, good luck. They both play on Friday. Tonight, triple header of action, Austin-ish schools featuring Thorndale, Flatonia, and Geronimo Navarro tonight. Kickoffs at 7 o'clock for Flatonia and uh, Geronimo Navarro. And a 7.30 kick for Thorndale at Bastrop Memorial ISD Stadium. So if you want to go check out some local football, do so. Tomorrow, 6.30 pregame. We'll start for Lake Travis. Uh, Vandergrift and LBJ playoff games. We'll be monitoring uh, the following Austin area teams in area round action. Liberty Hill, Lockhart, Belton. Belton counts, right? If you're counting Salado, you can count Belton. Okay, yeah. good. Well, and I like Belton. Uh, Westlake, of course. Uh, Georgetown, Lake Travis, Rouse, Davenport. Do we count? Nah, that, that's San, they don't like to be called San Antonio, so we'll we'll shout them out. We will be monitoring them. Vandergrift, of course, versus Judson. Uh, Lago Vista will monitor as well, taking on Sinton. Smithville from the Bastrop-ish area, taking on Silsby. They're unbeaten. Cuero, a home game against Sealy. And then, of course, uh, on Saturday, Dripping Springs versus Brandeis. FLXATX.com is where you can follow along. I'll give you another uh, school on the periphery to follow. Sure. Snoop. How about Harker Heights? Ooh, yes, we should. Harker Heights is dang good. Jaden Chapman is a flex watch list mm-hmm. offensive lineman. They're running back. It's Texas. a stud, too. I forget his name. Knights but. are 10-1, taking on Royce City in the area round. Yeah. You know, Harker Heights has given Austin trouble because – uh, before this year, they were they played Austin area teams all in non district and swept every Austin area team. So uh, their their bugaboo is they've been running into Desoto in the first round of the playoffs. But now they, since Weiss took care of that, they're on to the second round. So we'll see about Harker Heights. I I want to see them make a, a quarterfinals. Yeah, Rashawn Rashawn Sanford's a running back. Yeah, at, Stanford. Uh, Harker Heights committed to Houston. That kid, that kid is dang good. Uh, so yeah, He's got over two thousand yards this year. Uh, also, uh, Austin-ish, I didn't uh, uh, mention Lano. Lano football is, uh, they're also 10-1 and one on the season, uh, excuse me, 11-0 and 0 on the season, and they will be taking on, I forget, but I'll know here shortly, uh, it's, uh, oh, it's uh, Goliad, duh. Yep. Texter also uh, texts in and says, you've also got Mason taking on Shiner in Hutto. Ooh. Oh, I saw Coach LaPlante. Ta- he, dude, one, Hutto Memorial Stadium is beautiful. You look on the outside, it really looks – it's the most modern-looking stadium to me that I've seen, and the facilities are so nice. It's a great spot for playoffs. I remember when Hutto used to have the little stadium over there. Uh, I think it's youth baseball fields now, but it was just like a couple rows of wooden bleachers. That was it, man. It was about as plain Jane run down as you can get. But 
the times have changed over in that portion up a long way, man. of Williamson County. Uh, by the way, I mentioned Harker Heights. Shout out to to Coach Reb Brock over there, the strength coach. Uh, he was at Dell Valley for a little bit oh, Har- at, at Coppers Cove for a long time. Uh, he was actually my middle, one of my middle school football coaches at Florence back in the day. And uh, when I was a freshman in high school, he was in charge of our strength program. So still uh, – Still, if, if he's listening, which I doubt that he is, I just want Coach Brock to know, uh, up-downs will still not perk me up at all, even at this day. And I still enjoy hearing the phrase to telling someone to either A, drop the stinking trailer or get the chili out of your pants, meaning run faster, play faster, be faster. So shout-out nice. shout out to Coach Brock. Um Let's go ahead and talk a little Texas football right now. We had a Longhorn Notebook talking basketball a little bit ago. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's on a Zoom call right now with reporters. Uh, so you're normally on this one. I'm normally on this, but I'm not today because i got to be in here. Uh, talk talk not, nothing earth-shattering from it, uh, but he did talk about uh, – he called Devin Neal, the Kansas running back, a home run hitter. He talked about getting ready for multiple quarterbacks. I think Jalen Daniels is going to be the quarterback Texas seen again. There was a, a report earlier in the week that he's expected to play. I was told that to expect that report to be true. I think Jalen Daniels is going to be the guy returning for Kansas. Keep in mind, he got them off to that 5-0 and start, got hurt in their seven-point loss at home to TCU, hasn't played since. Jason Bean did get them to bowl eligibility, but he's back, should be back. And know Lance Leipold has had his coach's show last night. It was last night and said all three all three of their scholarship quarterbacks have gotten reps, but I do think it's going to be Jalen Daniels that Texas sees on Saturday making his return against the Longhorns. So again, you know, Andy Kotelnicki, their offensive coordinator, does a lot of fun stuff, man. He'll mix up his his formations. Uh, heard Rod talking about it on Ball Don't Lie yesterday. That, that was a really good breakdown by Rod. You can go to uh, hornfm.com to get that. Also, anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, uh, you can uh, get the horn, get our playbacks on that. Uh, Rod being hard, we're talking about it on Ball Don't Lie yesterday. I mean, they'll go everything. They'll go some. They'll so, go some empty formation. They'll go the Maryland Eye. Uh, they'll do some diamond formation. They'll just run some wild stuff. They'll go to stuff that, that obviously they've got triple option principles in their offense, especially with Jalen Daniels with his ability to run the football. It's a little bit different from Jason Bean, so they can do a lot of different things. Jalen Daniels really unlocks that offense. Andy Andy Kotelnicki, by the way, is uh, on the. Uh, uh, nominees for the Broyles Award. I think there's 50 coaches, 55 coaches, assistant coaches that get on that nomination list, and Andy Kotelnicki is one of them. Kansas got one of the best offenses in the country, one of the most explosive. Now, again, they're one of the worst defenses in the country, but their profile, uh, yeah, it's Kansas, and you don't think of them like this. Their profile is not all that different from TCU, uh, especially with Daniels, a quarterback, Devin Neal in the backfield. They've got some capable receivers, uh, averaging seven point, over 7.3, about 7.4 yards per play. Kansas is. Uh, they're a top 20 offense in the country and scoring offense, so they they can get the job done. Uh, Sark was asked in the Zoom call about facing that three down, three high look. Uh, you know, to me, I don't know that that applies that much this week because Kansas really doesn't do it. That's one thing I'm interested to see. Do they run some of that three safety stuff? Uh, and Sark talked about the challenges with it. I, I think, again, going back to the Monday show, reacting from the TCU game, Sark just has to be patient when dealing with that flyover defense. I just don't think he's been patient enough. You, there's stuff in the quick game. There's stuff in the short game. 
There's stuff down the seams that you can take that that, that look will give you. You just got to be patient enough to take it. It wants to take away and eliminate your vertical game. That's what it's designed to do. And I just don't think Sark has been patient enough. Uh, so we'll see if he's uh, if he's patient, if Kansas does show some of that that three high stuff. And they've got a pretty solid safety group, as bad as they are. Uh, Kenny Logan, and, and they've got a really good safety group, Kenny Logan leading that group. Uh, Sark mentioned Jatavian Sanders has stepped up as a leader. Uh, Keelan Robinson also taking on some of that leadership role, saying he's learned a lot from Roshan Johnson and B. John Robinson. Ryan Watts has stood out in terms of uh, in terms of his leadership. Uh, good week of practice. Uh, kind of some of the same stuff you hear from Sark on a, on a Thursday Zoom. Uh, again, the plan on preparing for quarterbacks doesn't change a whole lot, but again, I'm expecting it to be Jalen Daniels at this point. Uh, they've still got a chance to play for the Big 12 title, but the message is more focused on what they need to do in their immediate future. That's something he talked about on Monday. He talked about Baron Sorrell emerging as a force uh, on the defensive line. And he was asked about Im- the immaturity of the team. He said their lack of maturity showed in the TCU game. Uh, he said to to change the uh, battle, the immaturity issues or the maturity issues, you got to lean on your more experienced players. How about getting Bijan Robinson more than zero targets in the past game for a start? That would probably help a little bit. Uh, defense prides itself on minimizing explosive plays. They've done a fairly good job of that, Sark feels like. Uh, this week needs to be the same way. Yeah, TCU didn't get – it's not like they got a ton of explosives. They just made – the ones they got, they made them count. You know, Quentin Johnston had the one catch on the third and the third and 16, third and 18. They ended up attempting a field goal on that drive. They missed the field goal. Johnston then had the touchdown catch on the busted coverage, and you had the Kendra Miller touchdown run. Uh, so TCU not a ton of explosives. Uh, but they made him count. Uh, again, talking about Xavier Worthy, we mentioned it in the Insider at Horns 24-7. Sark was asked about Xavier Worthy. He said he's been impressed with what he brings to the table on a daily basis. We've heard Xavier Worthy is locked in, focused on helping Texas win ball games. so that's where that's at. Uh, so Quentin Ewers has done well against the Blitz. He said there's always, uh, always plays where they want to do it better. Uh, it starts with protecting Quinn Ewers better, and then he needs to have the awareness uh, of where the uh, of the blitz beater throws and where those are as he goes through his reads. Said part of the growth and maturation for him as a young player that will come with more experience and reps, and that's about it for Sark on this Zoom call. Uh, Snoop, you got anything else you want to throw out on the high school front well, before we take this break? Uh, I just uh, I want to see us, you know, win as many games as possible. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking towards the quarterfinals. I know that's wrong because Craig broke it down yesterday that there's basically there probably won't be a Valley week, which is so disrespectful yeah. anyway. But the fact that, you know, like it's not likely that Lake Travis or Westlake will be playing Los Fresnos or something like that. And again, that sounds so wrong, but they'll probably be playing a San Antonio team, which will probably stand a better chance to be more competitive. So I don't think you can just pencil in that Lake Travis will play Westlake in the quarterfinals or that Vandergriff will play Dripping Springs in the quarterfinals. But – you know, obviously that's what we're hoping for. Right. But it has to start this Friday or Saturday in Dripping Springs' case. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and, again, I'll run down all of our programming going on this weekend when we come back. We've got a Friday show, so you know how we do it with the Longhorn Notebooks on Friday. Three key matchups to watch, three keys to a Longhorn victory. We'll have our conversation with LBJ head coach Jamal Fenner ahead of their game against PNG. Uh, we got our picks in the Spring Lending Pick'em Contest. PNG. Visit with Mike Roach. 
Uh, Snoop got a, has a Flex 30 update tomorrow, so a bunch of stuff coming up tomorrow. But after the break, we'll close down today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. The Wagner Wire. Every Sunday morning from 9 a.m. to noon, you're invited to a party on the Horn with Wags. It's the Wagner Wire. Light the Tower with Craig Way, Jeff Howe, and Snoop Daniel. Snoop freestyled this, didn't he, Snoop? Oh, I'm pretty sure he did. You can't see me. The D-O-double-G. Oh, Does that be me? This might be my favorite thing Snoop has ever done, honestly. Da, 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 da. The, the shiznit. Mm-hmm. I love this song, yeah. I Yeah, the whole Doggy Style album, front to back. The Even the interludes. It's a classic, it man. It is. It is a Every classic. Song. I like the strength. Oh, strength on death row was on the chronic. I'm trying to think. What's the other one? Uh, anyway. What's my name? What's my name? Oh, there's so ain't no fun. If the pump, pump. pump, 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 pump. They had Molly Mall. You remember him of the illegals? I think that was the name of the group. I used to. Yeah, I still am into rap, but I was really, really into rap. As much as I was into sports, I had all the Source magazines. I had the Source in one hand and Beckett in the other. <laughs> That's. That's a great, that's a great yeah. way to win. Yeah, it was Those Beckett price guides, man. Mm-hmm. I like I like that we're getting people into the card talk, man. I love I love the hobby. Like I said, man, <laughs> uh, my dad ran a, uh, a card shop in Georgetown when I was a kid, and just loved it, man. It's, it's it was weird getting back into it, Snoop, because like Panini and Tops run everything, and I'm like, where's this upper deck not making any football cards? Yeah. I'm looking for like. Tops Chrome Football, like no Tops is baseball only. I'm like, huh? Where's Fleer? Oh, they went out of business. Huh? So it is so overwhelming, man. Somebody uh, texted and asking about sets. If you're gonna buy a set, a box set, I would go like for football and basketball. I would go uh, get Optic. I think Optic does sets, so that's a that's a pretty good. Optic's a good good product. Um, Want to get to something real quick. Sark was talking on the Zoom call. Again, I haven't listened to it. I'm just going off the tweets, and uh, Taylor Estes blogged this for us at Horns 24-7. But Sark talking about Quinn Ewers being good against the Blitz. Yes, for the most part. Uh, He is 21-51 when he's been blitzed this season. Uh, But he's thrown for 292 yards and six touchdowns, no interceptions when he's been blitzed. So I think that's where Sark's talking about. He's been good, but... Uh, NFL quarterback rating of 99.5. That's actually, if you look at pro football focus, if you they do uh, NFL quarterback rating when you're kept clean, under pressure, not blitzed, when blitzed, that's when Quinn Ewers has his highest NFL quarterback rating is when he's been blitzed. So he's been good in that area, but I think the improvement needs to be getting the completion percentage up, and that's where Sark's talking about. He needs to recognize those blitz-beating throws. I'll give you a great example. Go back to the Texas-Alabama game. The throw Bryce Young made to Jameer Gibbs on that drive that started Alabama's drive for the game-winning field goal, that was a blitz beater. It got the, they brought Jalen Ford. Uh, they ended up dropping Ovia Gofu, but he dropped didn't drop far enough, and Young ended up finding Jameer Gibbs for a big game that got that drive started. It's an example of a blitz beater. It's quarterback. Just, you've got to feel it, and I think that comes with experience. It's a big week for Quinn Ewers, Snoop. Like, he's, you know, 
played good for the most part in the K-State game, but then was not good in Stillwater and was just flat-out awful the other night. So he's got to bounce back. We'll see what the weather is in terms of the wind being a factor. Well, he's due, uh, you would think. You would think. You'd like to get Bijan back on track. It's just a really big week for Quinn Ewers and that offense. And, again, if Kansas rolls out any of that three-down, three-high stuff, uh, how is, are Sark and Quinn Ewers, are they both patient enough to take whatever the defense is going to give them? All right. Uh, Chad and Zay coming up next at the top of the hour. I do want to remind you, uh, all of our high school coverage tomorrow here on the Horn and across the Austin Radio Network, across the ARN Network, all, uh, ARN Network, across uh, all of our ARN stations, you get Snoop and the crew with the Flex pregame starting at 6.30. That'll take you up to 7.15. Then that will send you to pregame for the three games on our airwaves. On the Horn, we've got Lake Travis and Steele, 7.15 pregame, 7.30 kickoff, Mark Honig, Bucky Godbolt, sideline Stu Myrick from the field in Pflugerville. On 101.9 and AM 1260, we've got Vandegrift taking on Converse Judson at the Palace on Parmer. Uh, that's with Merle, Scott, Hank, and Jack. The 7.15 with the pregame, 7.30 kick. And then Rodney Rodriguez and Zach Lucero will have the 7.15 pregame, 7.30 kick. LBJ and Port Nature's Groves, that's down in Katy at Rhodes Stadium. So get the hornfm.com, check out all of that. But on the horn, on 1019 and AM 1260, and on 105.3 The Bat, all of our teams, uh, all of our stations that house those teams have games going on tomorrow. Uh, but don't forget Saturday, Bud Light pregame starting at 1030. That's with Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, and Mike Harge leading you up to the network pregame at 130 and then the 230 kickoff from Lawrence Snoop. Outstanding job today, man. It was fine. It was fun. It was a great job by you uh, back there twisting and tweaking and making sure that this thing Raphael for stays call. afloat. 304, whatever happened to him. I'm still I'm obsessed with these stolen bases. I expect... Uh, I'll bring this into tomorrow, too. I'll you bring know what? Find, find me some fun facts with stolen bases. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Some f- stolen base fun facts from Snoop Daniel coming up tomorrow on a football Friday. Big thank you to Vandergriff head coach Drew Sanders for joining us tomorrow. Horse 24-7 recruiting editor Mike Roach joins us. LBJ head coach Jamal Finner joins us. Longhorn Notebooks, Flex 30, Inconceivable. Hey, Snoop, tomorrow for Inconceivable, it's Friday. So what's that mean? Flaccid. Yes, we go to the most flaccid state on the map in the lower 48 and grab that low-hanging fruit from Florida Super on a Friday. Plus our picks in the Supreme Lending Pick'em Contest. All of that is coming up tomorrow. For the absent Craig Way, for Snoop Daniel, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow to light the tower on the horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.